money, 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 money. And welcome into the latest edition of Winning Ways. I'm David Schuster, along with my longtime friend and very successful professional gambler, or should I call him wagerer, Mr. Andy Roth. And we're brought to you, as always, by DraftKings and more from our sponsor in just a moment. Today, we are joined by another longtime friend of mine, Mr. Sam Penyanovich, who is the betting analyst for New England Sports Network. And I got to be honest with you, Sam, I am jealous because, first of all, that is a very prestigious position, number one. Number two, you're in, a, in another great sports city, and it looks like you're doing very, very well. Congratulations to you. David, thanks for having me. You know, five years ago, we couldn't even talk about gambling on the radio. I remember I got called into an office at WGN. I was doing updates on Saturday and Sunday morning. And to try and make things light or fun at times, I would say, all right, the Bears are at Tennessee. At that point, Kyle Long was probably doubtful. Jay Cutler was questionable. And by the way, the Bears are a three-point favorite. And they're like, Psst, don't don't give the point spread. Look at how far we've come in five, six seasons. It's incredible. It really is incredible. I mean, I probably missed the train on this one. I should have jumped on it myself. But I'm so terrible, as you'll see from my football picks in just a couple of minutes. But it, it's a it's a it's just a burgeoning field. I don't know how else to put it right now. And and uh, congratulations to you. All right, let's get started here. Um, as I told you, even before we started recording here, Andy is very very good at and I'll let him speak for himself in picking um, um, future bets for different awards. And Andy, uh, I'll let you pick it up and say hello to Sam, and then we'll get into the individual awards. Sam, a pleasure. Let's uh, let's do a little baseball futures and award races. Uh, let's start out with the National League Cy Young. Another twist last night. Scherzer gives up five earned runs. Corbin Burns now the betting favorite. Zach Wheeler still at 25-1. to 1. Zach Wheeler leads all National League pitchers in war. 48 innings more than Corbin Burns, which is the equivalent of, of eight starts. How, how do you see this National League Cy Young race? Well, if you think about, Andy, where it was a month ago today, Max Scherzer was as high as like 16 or 18 to 1. It's proof that over the last month of the season, everything is under the microscope. So Scherzer, from 16 to 18 to 1, he was minus 200 two weeks ago. He has a couple bad starts, and now, like you said, Burns is the favorite again. It's a very fluid market, and you can grab good numbers at many different times on this carousel. But Really, when you think about it, like the fact that Julio Urias for the Dodgers isn't even in the conversation. This guy's 19 and three. He's got an ERA of three. His whip is just above one. He's thrown, you know, 179 innings, has about what, like 200 Ks almost. And he's not even in the conversation. So the fact that that is a thing is entirely insane in itself. But it's a coin flip at this point between Burns and Scherzer. They flip-flopped over the last couple of weeks. But these awards are crazy because there's not like an algorithm. There's not a point spread. It, it comes down to the voters. And the voters can often do something that you don't expect. But at this point, I think it's Scherzer's award to lose. I think he's had a better run over the last six weeks. Burns has had a better week or two. But you have to remember the odds change on recency bias. Who's had the better season from start to finish? I think it's Scherzer, but that doesn't mean he's going to win the award. You know that. Yeah, and and listen, uh, this one is going down to the wire, and so is the American League Cy Young Award. I mean, it's it's been a two-horse race, I guess, for a long time. I think Robbie Ray will end up winning it, and I guess, Andy, you can speak to it because he's in your neck of the woods. Is Garrett Cole healthy? Is he even going to pitch anymore? 
Now, he's healthy. Uh, just uh, they were able to hit his fastball last night. He gave up five run runs. Uh, the Robbie Ray line is now shot up to minus 600. It was basically about minus 190 last night. I was wondering, Sam, do you think if Ray has a really bad outing tonight, it's still his Cy Young Award to win? It's his to win, but here's the crazy thing with these odds. If he goes out and gives up nine earned runs, all of a sudden that market's going to change. As you said, DraftKings has Ray minus 600, Cole plus 450. So 10 wins 45 or 100 wins 450. If you're looking to buy Garrett Cole, holy cow, this is the best price it's been pretty much in two, three months off of really one poor start where he gets shelled uh, in a game you know, this week. So, look, it's Ray's award to lose, but that doesn't mean that we can't see another wiggle wiggle and, and all of a sudden Garrett Cole is back to – you know, plus 180. You're always trying to, I always say this in everything that I do, you're trying to bet the right player or the right team at the right number. And if you think Robbie Ray could balloon in his next outing and Garrett Cole has a chance to sneak in there, plus 450 is a price you haven't had on Cole in not even weeks, in months. All right, let's let's talk about the National League MVP. Whoever wins this award, it's going to be from a team that's not playing in the postseason. I'm going to guess that Bryce Harper is probably going to end up winning it. Uh, Fernando Tatis, just because the Padres have sunk like like the Titanic, I don't think that that's going to knock him out of there. And Andy was, has been on Juan Soto from so far back, and it's a great price, as Andy will tell you. But they've been so submerged you know, in, in the cesspool and the standings that I don't think he's going to get the, the notice either. What do you think, Sam? I have a Tatis ticket preseason Ooh. at 10 to 1. So I am not very happy with the Titanic going down. And the manager, <laughs> Jace Tingler, is like, Yeah, I don't know what happened. I know what happened. You suck as a manager. You know, that's what happened. But you look at this market, Harper, back in, I think, early July, Bryce Harper at one sports book was 125 to 1 to win this award which plays again into the point that you need to buy low in July, in August, because Harper is now the betting favorite at DraftKings minus 265. Tatis has slid down uh, from first down to third. And, and here's the other part of it. You know, Jacob DeGrom at one point was a runaway favorite for this because his ERA was, you know, sub one. His whip was sub one. He was mowing guys down. And then injuries really turned this whole award on its head. Um, so I think it's Harper's because he has sort of finished stronger and the team is still in contention, but you know, if Tatis and DeGrom stay healthy, we're talking about a showdown between those two Tatis gets hurt with the shoulder. He goes on the shelf for a while and he really hasn't been the same guy since then, but the market tells you right now it's Harper's award to lose. He wasn't even in the conversation two months ago. So again, it's buying at the right time. If you would have bought Bryce Harper late July, early August, You'd be feeling pretty pretty right now. Sam, I've got to tell you, I'm at least thrilled that the Phillies might not make the playoffs or probably won't because that, I think, gave Soto his chance. And I played Soto about three weeks ago about at 150 to 1 and had him originally, yes, at 50 to 1. So I'm tracking every Juan Soto at bat at this point. <laughs> And here's the thing. He could hit a grand slam with three games to go. And and for the voters, that could just push them over the top. It's really not about how they start or how they are in the middle. It's about how they finish. And the fact that he's single-handedly almost offensively kept them in this race. It is a race still. I know they're probably not going to win it. The math is against them. But he has 
the sauce right now. And he has the recency bias in the eyes and minds of the voters. So uh, that's a good bet on your part, though, by Soto, because it's, man, he, 150 to 1. Why didn't you tip me off? By the way, I should let you know that I played Burns before the season at 50 to 1. A lot of past posting going on here, Schuster. What's going on with all this past posting? Nah, he's he's true to his word. I can promise you that. Uh, American League MVP. I've got the screenshots to prove it. Yeah, I believe you. I believe yeah. you. American League MVP. I know Otani's going to win the award, but honestly, Guerrero should win the award. I mean, he's he's what a true MVP is. I know Andy's shaking his head because he's got water on the brain, but um, Guerrero has. I don't know. I mean, I understand. Otani has had a great offensive season. He's also pitched, although he hasn't been as great pitching in you know in the last few weeks. What do you think? I mean, I know he's going to win it, Sam, but if you were a voter, who would you vote for? I'd probably give it to Vlad, but I'm in that minority. I know that this is a, the writers have pretty much already handed this award to Otani. It's very similar to what happened last year in the NFL when we had the uh, comeback player of the year market. And Roethlisberger led the Steelers to like a 14 and two or a 13 and three record. His stats were incredible, but Alex Smith came back from leg injury, right? Or surgery or 17, 20 surgeries or whatever. They handed Alex Smith that award the minute he walked on the field. And I had some pretty decent bets on Roethlisberger. It wasn't really about who was the better player. It was about who was the better story. And I think, you know, what Otani is doing, I know we haven't seen anything like this since Babe Ruth. That's why he's winning the award. It's not because of it's not that he has better numbers. It's because of the narrative and the story and that he's doing it on the mound and in the batter's box. I don't think I don't think you could do what Vlad does and not win the award. I mean, these are Frank Thomas numbers from 93, 94. We haven't seen a guy do stuff like this in a long time in the American League. He's sort of getting jobbed here, but it makes sense because the media, as we know, they love their narratives, and the narrative is we've never seen a player like this. Well, I would argue Guerrero's been more productive, but that's not the best story. Let's let's go to National League Rookie of the Year. I think it's kind of interesting because India, the prohibitive favorite at minus twelve hundred, and you can make a case for Trevor Rogers, two point six four ERA, similar wars. He did miss a month of the season due to personal reasons. He's at plus seven fifty. Do you think there's any value in, in, in playing Rogers? No, I wouldn't I wouldn't take anybody at plus seven fifty at this point in the time. What books will do, Andy, often, you know, in the final week of the season, if they know that the the award is pretty decided, they'll inflate the number on the dog because they know they're not going to take any more bets on the favorite. You said what, minus twelve hundred? They know that guys like you and guys like me and guys like David, we're not gonna bet on a guy minus 1200. So what do they do to try and create a little bit more skin in the game? They're going to take that underdog and rather than put them at plus 500, they'll put them at plus 750. So internally you're like, wow, look at the value I could get, but the math is technically against you. So it, at this point, I don't think that's a good bet on a long shot. Um, you know, it's different with the Cy Young market because one start can really change a lot with a handful of games left to go. Somebody minus 11, minus 1200, it's pretty much signed, sealed, delivered at this point. And uh, in the other league is a Rosarina, the the lock at this point. And and I say he won the award just by what he did in the postseason last year, almost. Oh wait a minute, I, I got to jump in here. Please do, <laughs> because the sports books I don't think have been watching baseball this year. Uh, a Rosarina, the prohibitive favorite, as you mentioned, Ryan Mountcastle second in the betting odds. Have they heard of a guy by the name of 
Wander Franco, who I played some major money on last night. What Sam, did you what get him at? What's your price on Franco? Uh, I played him at eleven hundred and then nine hundred. Wow! And you look at the market now; he's plus six fifty. So those odds have been cut in half. And originally at thirty-five to one. To David's point, though, the voters are going to remember Rosarena hitting a million home runs in the postseason last year. Like sometimes that that still ha- how many times have we looked up and went, "Wow, this guy or this girl won that award?" Really. It's a perception thing. Um, Mountcastle, though, whew, guy can hit the ball a long way. Home runs are sexy, as we know, too. Uh, Randy probably wins it, but Franco, if you got Franco still 650 at DraftKings, that's that's not a bad – I think any of those three guys could win it. I can make a case for any three of them. Well, you you know, we're, we're, coming three, off right? last, we're coming off last night where Franco – Reached base for the 43rd consecutive time, tying Frank Robinson's record for players 20 years and younger. So there is a national narrative there, there and also on top of that, a three-hit night. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, and the, and the reason the prices have dropped so much is because Andy just put a couple million dollars on Franco. That's why the price is dropping <laughs> so rapidly. Um, anyway, let, before we get to football and basketball, first a word from our sponsor. And week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week number four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And to kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. So listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, that number is 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, back here with Sam Penjanovic and Andy Roth. And uh, Sam, obviously, the, there's so many good games to look at in the NFL this weekend. But the big one is Sunday night. And I'll just let you t- touch on that one. Well, my advice all week here has been simple. If you like the Patriots, just wait. I mean, we're going to get to seven probably plus money. Uh, DraftKings already at Tampa minus seven, minus 10. I imagine as we get closer to kickoff, because of the position of the game, because it is Sunday night football, that's going to be a big liability spot for a lot of sports books because what do you think the books are going to need on Sunday night? And after a day full of games, what do you think the public's going to bet? Uh, Brady, 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 Gronk, Brady, Brady. So this thing is probably going to build. I think if you like New England, you wait. Um, I've been hearing, shoe that Rob Gronkowski likely not going to play on Sunday. So that could play into the handicap a bit. I don't know that that makes – you know, New England's path to victory or cover town a lot easier. But if Gronk is not out there, clearly he's nowhere near 100%. We saw the hit he took to the ribs 
in Los Angeles. That's Brady's blankie, man, in the red zone. So that's a target that he's not going to have. Antonio Brown hasn't really been playing in a while. He had the COVID scare. So they could be a little rusty. I feel like this could be a good bet on the under. DraftKings has 49, and we know, all of us know, Belichick wants no part of a shootout with Brady and the boys. Like he's going to want that ball for 35, 40 minutes. I don't know that that's attainable, but this is, this is a game. Belichick wants no part of 35 to 30. He's going to run. He's going to melt the clock, try and keep Brady off the field. I think under 49 is my favorite bet of all in this game. And if you look at some of these props, if it does come true, that Gronk either doesn't play or isn't anywhere near healthy, you could look at a guy like AJ Howard, OJ Howard, rather, the uh, tight end from Alabama. His prop receiving yards is like 19 and a half, 20 and a half. Those targets are going to elevate, guys, if Gronk isn't on the field. All right, let me tell you the two games that I circled. And again, my luck is not my luck. My, my smarts has not been very good so far in the NFL. But I got Dallas at home laying four and a half. I can't believe the number is this low against Carolina. Carolina's played well. There's no question about that. But I think uh, I think this is their comeuppance week. Uh, Dallas coming off a big, big win. A shortened week for them, obviously. But I do like Dallas at home length four and a half. And the other game I like, and again, another shortened week maybe for them also. Green Bay at home, six, minus six and a half against Pittsburgh. The Steelers, I've been wrong on them every week, so I'll probably be wrong on them this week as well. <laughs> I'm shocked that Cincinnati beat them because the Bengals look terrible against a bad Bears team. But they rebounded against Pittsburgh. So I do like Green Bay and Dallas at home. Am I wrong on both of them, Sam? I mean, I wouldn't fight you on on Green Bay, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, uh, they pretty much quit in the last game, and their offensive line has been an issue. Uh, Roethlisberger clearly can't move anymore. I I just I've loved over the years to bet Mike Tomlin is a dog, um, and this number, you know, Pittsburgh here, like they could hang inside this number, but you also have to see if Watt and Deontay Johnson are good to go. That'll be a game I'll wait and check out, but I, I'm, in, I'm in no rush to take the Pittsburgh Steelers, and if I did, it would just be because of the number. So, like, I have no issue with the Green Bay bet. Um, I actually took Carolina plus five earlier in the week because I thought, spot-wise, this is danger zone for Dallas. You know, they played on Monday night against a division opponent, short week, not much rest. Now you're at home. You face Carolina, who, oh, by the way, played last Thursday – against a really bad football team, didn't exert a lot of energy. And I think this is a schematic offense where Joe Brady can make life difficult on the Dallas Cowboys. It's not to say Dallas isn't going to win or not cover, but I think the math is telling you here, this is a field goal game either way. Uh, Dallas getting a little extra juice because of home field, which as we know is not as important as it's been in many, many years. I took five with Carolina, and DraftKings has four. So if you're going to lay four, I'm going to take five. Too bad it can't land on four and a half, but I, I do disagree. I like Carolina here because of their offense. They look a lot better than they did in years past uh, with Sam Darnold calling the shots. All right, and what game like, on the board do you like the most? I took Baltimore, man. I just I don't know who made the schedule for Denver early in the season. I mean, who, who did they pay off to get the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets in the first three weeks? <laughs> I, how does that happen? That's incredible. Um, Lamar's amazing. Leads the league in yards per pass, yards per rush. 
Um, and he's doing it with, you know, guys that can't even catch open touchdowns, Hollywood Brown, Anaheim Brown, whatever we're calling you. Um, uh, but injuries too, building up on the Denver side, you know, Bradley Chubb hasn't played Josie Jewell. The linebackers hurt Ronald Darby hurt in the secondary, and they just lost another wide receiver for a long period of time. KJ Hamler, he tore his ACL. They're already without Jerry Judy. Injuries are really piling up for the Denver Broncos, who all of a sudden are 3-0. They're 3-0 against the number. They're sexy. They're at home. I think Baltimore, though, I think they're a better team, and uh, there has clearly not been a quarterback like Lamar Jackson that the Denver Broncos have seen. They've played a bunch of hot garbage. Well, Sam, what, what would Andy or I even know about the NFL? His two teams in New York, the Giants and the Jets, actually Jersey. They're 0-6 <laughs> combined. And the Bears, your old team here in Chicago, are just an actual an absolute national embarrassment each and every week. Although I think they might actually win this week. Who knows? Uh, what? Yeah, what are your thoughts on the Bears game? I don't want to watch it or bet it, but here's what I did. <laughs> Here's what I did with it. I uh, I did the teaser. I took uh, Detroit earlier in the week. They were plus four. I took Detroit from plus four to plus ten, um, and I teased that with Kansas City from seven down to one. You know, I think some games are just unbettable, and, and that's a game where I I don't like either team. Sure, we covered a lot of those games, those uh, Bear Lion games in Chicago, where it, like nobody's good enough to win, but somebody's bad enough to blow it. You know, so I. I, the Bears' offensive line is a train wreck, and I've said this for weeks. Justin Fields was a Band-Aid on a cut that needs stitches. You know, they needed to go deep in there. They didn't need to put a Band-Aid over the top. So I don't love it. I think that's a teaser bet. I don't like the Bears winning by, you know, more than a touchdown. So I teased Detroit up just a little bit. I wanted to get to, to two uh, futures uh, markets. Yeah, go Let, ahead, Let's please. Let's go to MVP first. Obviously, a lot of viable candidates – do you see any value in the market right now? Stafford looks incredible, man. I, I know, you know, from a value standpoint, you might not get the best number, um, you know, where it was to where it is. But, uh, you know, DraftKings still has a pretty decent number on Stafford. He was anywhere from like 20 to 22 to one before the season. He's got a coach. He's got an offense. He has an offensive line. He has weapons. Um, that's a guy where, you know, I think if you still – get a decent pop on Stafford. I like him. I'm I Kyler Murray. I just, I don't know, man. Like I feel like he's one hit away from being done for the season. And that, that makes me a little nervous. Mahomes has been erratic that that team is just, they're not where they need to be right now. I think Matthew Stafford with Sean McVay, that combo is incredible. And it really makes you wonder if Stafford actually had a coach with brains or a coordinator with brains, what could he have done all those years in Detroit? I think Matthew Stafford is going to put up big numbers this year, and there aren't many teams that are going to slow that offense down. So Stafford, to me, uh, I think given the number, that's a really decent bet, even at this point in late September. And the rookie of the year category, interesting, because usually a quarterback wins. The quarterbacks are really struggling. Jamar Chase, the favorite. You see any long shot value in that market anywhere? <sighs> I mean, if Devontae Smith had a play caller that I could trust, I'd look there. But, you know, it's not Najee Harris either. We're looking at non-quarterbacks. And then the Atlanta Falcons take Kyle Pitts fourth overall. They don't even throw him the ball. So, I, I mean, Jamar Chase could be the year. This could be the year of the receiver where, you know, Joe Burrow's got that connectivity with him. Uh, I actually see at DraftKings, I see Jones at 4-1 to one and Chase at 5-1, to one, at least on my app. So, um, you know, a hundred makes me five, a thousand makes me 5,000 on chase. 
Um, he's going to be the most productive player, arguably, of any of these guys. And and that's because Lawrence and Fields and Wilson are in terrible situations. And Mac Jones doesn't throw the ball inside the red zone. So if you're looking for production, Jamar Chase, he's the favorite here for a reason. And and look, five to one might not be where it was a week ago or a month ago, but five to one certainly better than the two to one it could be next month when he's got 10 touchdown catches. All right, from football to basketball, appreciate uh, all your information and time, Sam, of course. Uh, the NBA season starts in a couple of weeks. It's really amazing. The two teams that were in the championship uh, series last year, uh, the Bucks and the Suns, are either 10 or 15 to 1, and that's because obviously the Lakers and the Nets have loaded up, loaded up with veteran players. Um, I'm just wondering, besides, do you see any long shot uh, possibilities with any of the teams? besides just the Lakers and the Nets, at least at this juncture? And how much will the whole COVID thing, some guys might honestly be stupid enough not to get their shots, my opinion, and they might not even play, and they might not even be available. How's that going to affect things? I don't know. I mean, and we're talking about players in uh, in pretty big markets, right? Yeah, and that San yeah. Francisco, Oakland market, and that New York market, that, that could be a mess. And then that could tear up a locker room potentially. Um, to your point, though, I mean, long shots. I mean, I don't know that Milwaukee's a long shot at nine to one, but who's been better than Coach Bud the last two years in the regular season? You know, getting to that one or two seed and, and having a chance here. I think that's a decent number, nine to one. I like Golden State a lot, but you have the Wiggins uncertainty. That makes things really interesting. Suns, Sixers, Nuggets, Heat. I'm, I'm good there. I'm not going Mavericks or Hawks. So I don't really like the long shots in the NBA. And, and as you guys know, it's never really been a long shot league. You get a good long shot and then they never win the championship. I guess maybe Toronto is, is an example, but they weren't really a long shot. Um, I, I'm actually really curious not to play into that Chicago market, but the Chicago Bulls are a favorite to make the playoffs, but my favorite bet at DraftKings is over 42 and a half season wins on the Bulls. They have an organization, they have a coach, they have playoffs, or they have um, playoff experience, they got uniforms and everything. I mean, how many bad games do we cover in Chicago where they were outmatched in every single area? Um, I think Billy Donovan is going to take this team to the postseason, and that Bulls team. 42 and a half. I think they could win 47, 48 games, be a five or a six seed. I'm not saying they're going to win anything, but man, that's a low number. And I think what they've been building behind the scenes there, the fact that, uh, you know, Gar Foreman and John Paxson have been jettisoned out. That team is very, very smartly built right now. And that's a team that could easily win more than 42 and a half games on the over. How about the MVP market? I have my eye on one long shot, Trey Young of the Hawks. Anybody you have in mind? I love Trey Young. In fact, I was playing him over in the postseason so many times last year on his points and his assists and his three-point shots. Um, the number on Young right now, DraftKings 20 to 1. Yeah, hell yeah. That's a great number. Uh, Jason Tatum's also interesting at 30 to 1 for the Celtics, uh, talking about production and uh, guys that are clearly going to have the rock. Here's another guy, too, if you're looking down the page, uh, John Morant. For the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, you know, 45, 50, the one, if you shop around, he could be a triple double a night type of threat at this point in his career. And, and we look for those guys to make leaps early in their careers, right from year two to three or year three to four uh, Moran at 45 to one. I don't hate that one, but I'll tell you what I won't bet. I won't bet Luca plus three sixty plus three eighty. Right. <laughs> no shot. Like I I'd like Luca 10 to one, but plus three eighty, forget it. Steph Curry too. Curry at eight to one, especially if uh, 
if he's healthy and he stays on the floor, you got a lot of good players here. But uh, I think my favorite long shot is probably Jason Tatum at 30 to one if he can take that next step. And I, and I like those selections because for me, I like to look at guys that don't play with that second star. That makes it very difficult because Durant won his one MVP when Westbrook was injured. Curry won his two MVPs before Durant got there. And Westbrook won his lone MVP when Durant left. So, yeah, those, those are really good picks. Uh, and one other one, rookie of the year, I think it's a two-horse race uh, between Cunningham and Jalen Green. How, how do you see it? I actually like Suggs quite a bit as a player, but I, I think situation is more important than anything here. I don't really love his situation. I'm not sure that I love the supporting cast either. I've heard very good things about Jalen Green. Uh, you're going to hear a lot about Cunningham because of where he went. Um, but really, Cade Cunningham, like I, that team stinks, man. That, I mean, they all stink because they're all rookies. You know, they're they're good players on bad teams. That's life in the NBA. But I think I would go with Green. DraftKings has plus 275, but they're saying right now it's a coin flip between Cunningham and Green. So your math is dead on. Hey, Sam, let me go back to uh, football just for a second. Uh, we didn't touch on the college game. Notre Dame and Cincinnati. It's an interesting game. Notre Dame at home, they're not the betting favorite this week. They're actually getting points. Is that correct? Yeah, imagine that. I feel like uh, that doesn't even make sense when you say that out loud. And that's because, you know, Cincinnati for years has been knocking on the door to potentially be a uh, a college football playoff buster, you know, to bust things open and sort of barge in there. But the Irish defense has been a lot better since that first game against Florida State. And I took two and a half at the Irish here. Uh, Jack Cohn just like he sweats out toughness. I don't know that he's the greatest quarterback that's ever played in South Bend, but man, dislocates a finger, pops it back in, throws a game winning touchdown. You know, like guys like that, like you just love to play for. And I really think the way that that defensive line can capitalize on their advantages against an overrated Cincinnati offensive line. Like, yeah, since he's got a good quarterback, but is since he a good team or a great team? No. And it's never easy to go on the road in college football and win I think the wrong team is favored here. I agree with you. I like the Irish plus the points. Sam, on behalf of Andy and myself, we greatly, greatly appreciate uh, the knowledge. Um, and, and you know what? I've always been a big admirer of yours. I, I, I've always said that to you personally. You're fantastic. And, and congratulations on all your success. Seriously. I appreciate you saying that. Andy, share the sugar, though, will you? Good <laughs> Lord, on some of these numbers. Please text well, uh, you and I before the season starts, all right? Well, all right. Well, I'll give you one. Um, uh, David, by the way, who did I have for uh, most improved player in the NBA last year? Uh, the guy who won it, obviously. And what odds? Well, what, 25, 35? No, 65 to 1 on Julius Randle. Come on. Wait a minute, but I had Thibodeau at 80 to 1 for coach of the year. Okay, I'll give you my most improved player NBA long shot this year. Please. Tyrese Maxey, 100 to 1. Really? Well, good chance he starts with Ben not there. Yeah, that's very true. Well, Ben says he's not going to play with Embiid ever again. Right. So that right. makes that makes total sense. 100 to 1. I've never hit a 100 to 1 shot. My best shot ever was a, a 66 to 1 shot on uh I can't remember the uh, the year but it was on uh, it was on Ohio State to um, to win the national championship. This is after like Braxton Miller got hurt, and nobody knew who JT Barrett was. Nobody knew who Cardell Jones was. You know, they lost I think the first game of the season that year, and uh, you know nobody wanted to bet them. And they get hot and they 
They win the championship. So, hey, I'll take 100 to 1, man. You don't find those in the back of your hat. All right, we'll have to exchange intel going forward. All right. I'll get you his number. Hey, Sam, again, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hang on one second as we uh, click out of here. And to everybody who's listening, we'll be back next week.